Hey everyone, welcome to Change Your Mindset, Change Your Life podcast. I'm your host, Brie Marie from livingbrilliant.com. I'm a blogger, online course creator, a mindset and success strategist, and now a podcast host. This podcast is all about how our mindset creates the reality of every aspect of our lives, from money, to relationships, to careers, to entrepreneurship, and even our health and wellness. I know firsthand just how powerful our mindset is, and just how easy it can be to get lost in the complexities of life. Through my own journeys with anxiety, a tough career transition, building a blog from scratch, and a super shaky start with online entrepreneurship, I've been able to connect with experts, coaches, entrepreneurs, and other bloggers from all around the world who are now excited to share their transformational stories and mindset shifts with you. So let's jump in. Hello, welcome back to another episode of (laughs) Change Your Minds, Change Your Life. So I'm still using my gym headphones. I submitted a claim with the company for my mic and we're just waiting to hear back. I'm assuming I'm not going to hear back until after the holidays. Only because, you know, I really doubt that that's like their number one priority is to like get to all their customer service claims. But yeah, I am hoping that I just get sent a new one. I'm manifesting it right now. (laughs) Um, No, I'm sure that the company is going to help me somehow by either fixing it or what. But for right now, all I've got is my gym headphones. So I hope that they're okay. I... Had a really wonderful holiday season. I spent time with both sets of my families. Um, So on my mom's side, I went over to their house on Christmas Eve and we made apple pies, homemade apple pies. So that's like a tradition for me and my mom to make apple pies the day before Christmas. And then on Christmas Day, I went to my other grandma's house and we had a learn liner what's so what's in between lunch and dinner it's like a lunchner lunchner i don't know <laughs> i sound like i'm having a stroke no i'm not um so yeah it was just really we had like a late lunch basically and it was really fun it rained here which i don't remember the last time it rained on christmas pretty dope i like it And now today I'm just, I guess in the UK and Australia, they celebrate Boxing Day. And in America, we don't have Boxing Day. We just have eat leftovers and watch Netflix on the couch day after (laughs) Christmas. Um, At least that's what I've been doing all day. And I realized I needed to edit this podcast And I'm just really grateful that I get to spend the holidays with my family and I get to to see them and cook. I made a lot of food on starting on Saturday. I made these pecan date little mini pies and they were so good. Then on Monday, I made apple pie and then 
on Tuesday, I made little pigs in a blanket and I made green bean casserole. Very American. <laughs> if you don't know what a pig pigs in a blanket is, it's basically like a little sausage, like little like I think they're v- they're not Vienna sausages. They're I don't know. I don't know where they're from, but they're like these little sausages and you roll them in like a crescent roll and bake them. And they're so good. They're just like a little fun appetizer. My grandma loves them, which is why I made them um, for her. And then green bean casserole is my favorite. If you don't know, I love green beans. Absolutely love them. Could eat them at every meal and would be totally fine with it. But, you know, we need to be like a little nutrient dense over here, a little nutrient um, explorative (laughs) with nutrients. So I don't eat them every meal, but I would like to. And yeah, on Saturday and Sunday, I made there's a Spanish dish called chiliquiles, which is I probably butchered that as people are going to come for me. Um, It's basically corn tortillas that you cut up and then you bake them so they get crispy. You can fry them too. Um, So they get crispy and then throw in, my grandpa uses this sauce called El Pato, which is like, I use it in a lot of stuff, but it's really good sauce. It's like a small little can. And then um, you mix it. I had some leftover rotisserie chicken. So I threw that in and then I did some scrambled eggs and I threw that in And then you put on top of it, like, you can put um, this, it's like a white cheese, like, it's called queso fresco, which is, um, I don't even know how to explain it. It's like crumbly cheese. It's not, it has the texture of feta, but it's not, it doesn't have that feta taste at all. I don't know what kind of cheese it is. Or is it queso blanco? No, it's queso fresco. Yeah, it's so good. And then you can add a little bit of cilantro and some red onions. And it's so good. Oh, my favorite. Um, But yeah, my grandpa taught me how to make that. So I made that on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. Randomly with some cinnamon rolls. You know, we just do what we want here. And yeah, that was my Christmas. So it was a lot of food. And so this podcast is coming at the perfect time, which is I strategically planned these two episodes around the holidays because I know for so many women, losing weight, diets and quote, getting healthy is like the number one thing that we always start our holiday with. Um, I'm going to do a disclaimer slash trigger warning. So this episode me and Delphine are not doctors, um, so this should not be taken as medical advice. We also wanted to put a trigger warning, so if you are someone who has struggled with any kind of eating disorder, bulimia, anorexia, I know that there's others out there. If you are someone who has struggled with body issues, this episode may trigger you, so please listen to it at your discretion. Um, It could be something that maybe you just want to skip and come back in two weeks and we'll have a, I'll have a new guest on if this isn't the podcast for you. No worries. I totally would understand. I know how important um, keeping a good sense of mental health is, especially around the holidays. So if this isn't that episode for you, just skip it and come back and we'll see you then. (laughs) Um, But Delphine and I just instantly connected. I absolutely love her. She's so easygoing, so great to just work with in general. We recorded 
two episodes. So this one and there's a part two coming out on January 1st. And I just learned so much from her and we've stayed in contact ever since the recording just checking in and chatting with each other and she's so knowledgeable not only from just her own personal experience but also the research that she's done on her own of what things work and like the psychological reasons behind dieting and and everything that we talk about in the, in the episode she's she's really done her research and I really respect people and respect guests that come on and like want to give statistics and facts and like actual science-backed knowledge. Not that opinions aren't enough, but I think that you kind of have to split it 50-50. And Delphine is just absolutely amazing. This is a bit of a longer episode. I cut out a couple of pieces just because I wanted to like keep it to like, you know, make sure that the content was all there and we weren't repeating ourselves or like going too much off on on a tangent. But I really enjoyed listening to this episode. Um, back. I usually um, have someone edit for me the pieces that I wanted out, but I wanted to give her some time to spend with her family over the holidays. So I edited it, edited it, edited it, edited it myself. Um, And it was so, I just loved listening to it. She's just so full of knowledge and she's absolutely great. I'm going to include all of her episode, her episode, all of her links in the description, episode description. I feel like because I've taken a bit of a break from doing podcasts, I like now I'm like, I'm fumbling a bit. It feels a little like it feels normal, but I'm like stumbling a bit. Um, so I'm going to include all of Delphine's uh, links in the episode description. Please make sure to go and check her out. She's just doing phenomenal work for women. Um, right now and I'm totally in support of the type of coaching she's doing, the type of message and the type of why that she's connected to. So let's get into it. Hi Delphine, how are you? I'm great. How are you, Brie? I'm doing well. <laughs> so Delphine, tell everyone a little bit more about what you do. Sure. I'd, I'd be happy to. So I am a body image and eating behavior coach. So what that means is I help women improve or even in some cases fix their relationship with their body and their relationship with food. Um, I have clients who in some cases have a full blown eating disorder ranging from bulimia to, um, eating, um, night eating, which is a thing or people who have night eating, they up during their sleep and eat, um, as they are sleeping and they're not fully conscious that they're doing it. Oh my gosh. Um, or, um, yeah, it's, that's, that's an awful one. Um, compulsive overeating, you name it. Uh, but it doesn't have to be to that extent. A lot of my clients come to me feeling like they have been either on a diet or about to go on a diet, doing the whole yo-yo dieting thing for almost their entire lives. And they are tired of it and they just want to end it. They just want to be able to go back to having a normal 
um, relationship with food and normal um, way of eating without being constantly restricting. Uh, and most of all, they want to go back to a more loving um, relation to their bodies. And so that's what I do. I help them do that. That's amazing work. I feel like especially with women and their bodies, it's such a, that is such a, a difficult thing to work through. It really is. And I'm incredibly passionate about it, um, especially when you consider that literally nine women out of 10, I, I, I kid you not, report being dissatisfied with the way she looks to some degree. It, it ranges from mildly dissatisfied to extremely dissatisfied. Um, it can be the girl who gets up in the morning and says, oh gosh, I feel so fat, I don't know what to wear, to the woman who spends about 85 to 90% of her time completely consumed with thoughts of being inadequate, um, being fat, being ugly, and literally holding back on her entire life because her um, self-esteem and body image issues are preventing her from living a fulfilling life. Um, so when I say they report nine, nine women out of 10 might sound like, like a huge number, but again, you have to take it with a grain of salt. Right. Um, but what's, right. what's very revealing is usually when I, um, when I attend networkers and meetings and whatnot, and people ask me, what do you do? And I, I try to explain it. They're, they're usually a little perplexed. They don't quite understand it. They're like, you're a what coach? And, and what is that about? So I have a little trick that helps everybody understand it. If, if I'm in a room full of women, and even if there's a few men, I usually ask this question. Um, and I say, ladies, be honest with yourselves and tell me who in this room is completely, fully happy with their bodies and the way they look and would not change a thing. And I, 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 I kid you not, I, I usually don't get a single hand. I don't. I, I don't get a single hand up. Um, it could be that, of course, the number one thing is they wish that they would lose a little weight. Uh, mm -hmm. When you deepen the conversation, I will get, usually the, one, the younger women uh, will talk about wanting to get a nose job or wanting to get a boob job. Um, I'll have women who would say, well, I wish I were a little bit taller. Um, the older women, of course, talk a lot about their fears about aging, but there is not a single woman who will put her hand up and say, I'm completely cool with the way I look. I love the way I look. I love my body. I don't have a problem at all with my look. And I think this is a huge problem. It's a huge issue. I, I yet have to meet someone who feels 100% fabulous about themselves every single day. I would actually kind of question their mental health. If they wake <laughs> up every single day feeling like, I'm awesome, I'm the most beautiful thing walking the face of earth, I'm like, right. okay, what are you on? And I need some of that. Because even after the amount of work that I've done on myself, God knows that my relationship to my body, myself, my looks, um, everything has improved exponentially, but I still have those days and they're normal because we're under such an enormous amount of pressure 
it's human. We all have these days. And as women, let's not forget that we go through hormonal changes um, that affect the way we perceive ourselves drastically. Um, it's, it's a proven fact that, uh, our hormonal cycles can cause a little bit of dysmorphia and sometimes not even a little bit, a lot of dysmorphia. We all have what we call fat days. Come mm-hmm. on. I mean, who hasn't experienced this very bizarre phenomena of feeling completely great and normal one day, and then you wake up the next day and for absolutely no reason, you feel huge. And right. the whole day, you walk around feeling like a whale, and you can't shake that feeling. You don't know what to wear. Everything feels tight. You feel bloated, and it, it obviously it affects your mood. And by the next day, the feeling is gone. And has thing happened overnight? Actually, lost ten pounds? No, not at all. Right. In the same fashion that you have not gained ten pounds the day before. So, what is it really? I think it's mostly um, hormonal uh, variations um, that happen and that can really, really affect our mental state and can really affect our perception of ourselves. And that's powerful. A lot of people don't realize how powerful hormones are. So the way you describe your relationship to yourself, in my opinion, is very healthy and very normal. Mm. Um, But you're rather the exception than the norm unfortunately you're rather the exception than the norm and I often joke that I like to 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 be a little uh, fly on the wall and I sit alone in in cafes and restaurants I like to do my work work in public places believe it or not and I like to sit next to groups of women uh, who are having conversations and there's two types of conversations that happen I kid you not it doesn't fail um there's usually a conversation about men and you'll hear single women complaining about um, how complaining, but wishing that they were not single anymore and women in a relationship when wishing that they would be single again. <laughs> and then you have conversation number two, which is everybody, literally everybody around the table talking about the diet du jour and uh, how much weight their friend so-and-so just lost on it. And everybody, literally everybody wants to know everything about it. It's like catnip. Mm. And it's heartbreaking. It's really heartbreaking to me. Uh, have you seen the movie Mean Girls? <laughs> you know, it's funny. I have not, actually. Okay. Cause I'm there's probably this... the only woman in America <laughs> who has not seen Mean Girls. So but there, I, know, I know more or less what it's about. But go ahead. What's your okay, question? so no, there's a scene in Mean Girls where like all of the girls are standing around a mirror saying like, oh, I need to get my teeth whitened or like I need to get this like done or like my eyebrows are messed up. Like every mm-hmm. single girl takes a turn and standing yeah. in front of the mirror picking something out. And then Lindsay Lohan's yeah. character is like, I don't know what to say because she grew up in, in Africa. So she's like, I don't understand this whole culture. Um, so that kind of just reminded me of, of, what, of what you were just saying about women sitting around and talking about their diets and I, exercise. Exactly. You summed it up. It's a problem. And I think we, we need to stop complimenting women in particular and, and, and people in general on weight loss because I don't think that weight loss is that big of an achievement. 
unless of course your your health and your life was at risk and in that case i can understand why some people might look at it as as a major um uh, a major win but the whole the whole oh my god you you just lost 10 or 15 pounds you look amazing and this and this and that and people's ego feeding on this in my opinion is a problem because it's it's really it's really feeding the the, the issue mm-hmm. you know what i mean and yeah. and something about it really bugs me in the same fashion that little girls from a very early age are conditioned to believe that prettiness is pretty much the only feedback that they're all, always going to get you know you're so pretty that's the only thing we ever hear people tell to a little girl little boys mm-hmm. will get you're so strong you're so funny you're so smart you're so this you're so that but little girls only get you're so pretty and so they grow up thinking that the only kind of validation and feedback that they can get is prettiness yeah so Well, I think, well, going back to the thing that I said about Instagram, like, Mm -hmm. I didn't grow up in the generation with Instagram. Like, we had MySpace, and there was, like, another thing called a Zanga that was, like, basically, like, blogs. So, it was never really pictures and, like, Facetune and, like, all Photoshop was never really a thing when I was growing up. Like, I have younger cousins who are in that very... Um, in that stage of life where it's like every like they're just absorbing a lot of stuff, and I'm like, I can't even imagine being their age and being on Instagram and like seeing 16 year olds with like full on contour. Um, like I went into Starbucks the other day across the street from my high school, and I kid you not, these girls were probably like 15 or 16 years old, had like perfectly contoured faces with like a perfect like 90 degree angle I'm like is that what they're teaching you in geometry class now like how to do like a perfect like it just it just made my heart hurt because I mean I wore makeup in high school and I used to get like guys used to be like oh stop wearing so much makeup like because I'd wear like purple sparkly eyeshadow like what 15 16 year old doesn't want that right um but I never did like full on well, that wasn't even really a thing contour um but I think growing up and just having I mean I even feel that sometimes when I go on social media and I'm on it for too long and I see these like Instagram models I'm like is this like you get that that line of reality gets really really blurry well it's more you know this is this is such an interesting point you're making and, and, and I have so much to say about it first of all um I'm, I'm originally from France um I've been in this country for 19 years. Um, so culturally speaking, for me, this is probably more, how can I put it, puzzling, uh, because we have very different beauty standards. Um, and wearing a lot of makeup is not regarded as something attractive in the majority of European cultures. I, please don't take it as a judgment. It's just, that's just cultural difference. Yeah, yeah no, I get So you. when I'm seeing, good. Um, so when I'm seeing women in general and young women in particular wear a full face of my- makeup, and imagine that I live in Miami where I'm, I'm watching women in high heels and full makeup at 10 o'clock in the morning on Starbucks to get coffee, I, I'm, I can't help but think in my, um, really? And God knows that I'm a huge supporter of being kind to one another and sisterhood and supporting women and, and really fighting cattiness and all that. I, I, 
you don't know how much I vouch for that. But, but I can't help but wonder what is going on in your head that you feel that you need to have a full face of makeup in order for you to go buy coffee first thing in the morning or be dressed up like you're going to a club. There's, there's a problem there, in my opinion. Now, at the end of the day, you could also say, well, live and let live. If that is what makes you feel good about yourself and makes you happy, okay. But I was having a conversation with my 18-year-old niece who is back in Paris uh, attending a very prestigious um, university. And we were discussing precisely what you just described. She was saying, you know, your, your Instagram blog and everything is so, so important to me. And it feels so good to go on it daily and to read about what you're writing and this and that, because I feel like I'm bombarded with these messages and these images of, um, having to look a certain way. And I was saying to her, but you don't, you do understand that you don't have to. And most of all, why are you even following these people if this is how it makes you feel? And your, your, her generation understand intellectually that these images are fake. They're retouched. It's not reality. They're picturing a life that is not their, their, their reality. It's, everything is very glammed up. And, and I asked the question, I said, but do, do you and your girlfriends understand that this is not even real? And she's like, yeah, we do. Intellectually, we do. I said, so yeah. why, why? Why are you giving into it? And she couldn't answer that question. She's like, I don't know. There's a part of us that feel like we must. I said, okay, but what if you started on your own with your little group of girlfriends, a little movement of your own where you start showing that, you know, it's actually even cooler to not do this and to not follow that. And she felt such anxiety around that suggestion um, and of course the conversation went a lot deeper and by the end of the conversation she felt better about it but there's this very strange divide um, between the fact that they feel pressure and almost obligated to follow these trends and to imitate the instagram models and the fact that intellectually they understand that the images they're seeing are not real um, and you're saying now you're, 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 you're witnessing 16 year old girls, you know, perfectly contoured and well, there's also the issue of parental control. What's happening when I was 16 years old, if my parents had caught me with even as much as a little bit of gloss, I would have gotten my ass whooped, excuse my French, <laughs> you know, there's, yeah. there was no such thing for First of all, um, there was a lot of parenting going on in my family. And it was, very, it was made very clear to me that makeup had just had no room in my life until I reached a certain age and education came, came first. Now, this, those were very different times where my mom was home. You know, there was, there was a very, very strong presence. Uh, they were very involved in my education. They were, you know... Um, we're living in different times where in most homes, both parents have to work. Kids are pretty much left to their own device. Um, and it's very difficult. I get it. Once the, once parents come home, they have very little 
impact on their kids. Mm-hmm. And you're also looking at a very different culture where, um, you know, kids are raised in a very different manner. So it's hard for me to compare. Um, right. Well, when I was when I was a kid, but I think my parents made sure that I knew that my looks weren't what was going to carry me through in life. And so it was always like my parents were made sure that like I did things other than just like be the pretty one in the room. Like they wanted me to read. They wanted me to do different activities, I think, to build a sense of self-confidence outside of my looks, um, which is kind of why I try to lead with like, I feel like it almost has like an opposite effect on me. Like I almost get like triggered when, when especially like men will try to talk to me and it's like, I'm like, are you here to talk to me about business? Or are you here because you're hitting on me? And I hate that I even have to like decipher that in my mind or like even like have to think about that. Um, but I mean, that's just the reality of the world that we live in. Um, so I always almost try to lead with my intelligence rather than my looks um as as my mind is more important to me than the like because it's just like it's just genetics at the end of the day like right how uh you look like Uh if you have a pretty face like congratulations like that's genetics you didn't unless you're like altering it with botox and like surgery and stuff like i mean even that could be arguable right like you that you didn't work for that. I think like intelligence and being mindful and being kind and being compassionate and having empathy, like those are skills that you have to cultivate as a human being. And that will always be in a higher regard to me than like just someone's appearance. Amen. Amen. But again, again, you are very, very much the exception rather than the norm. The way you were raised really, I mean, to me, it's, it seems really exceptional. It looks like you had an amazing uh, relationship with your parents. Um, and it's, it's interesting because I was actually discussing this in a group today uh, on Facebook with a group of ladies who were saying um, the relationship that your own mother had with her own body, her own body image, um, impacts so much uh, you know, the daughter, there was this woman who has a young daughter and she was very concerned about passing on her own negative image to her daughter, which is, which is a, phen- a phenomena that um, is more and more common. Now I'm seeing um, moms bringing their daughter into my practice with them because seven, eight, nine-year-old little girls are starting to um, reproduce, you know, repeat the same patterns. Mm, that's um, scary. And obviously, they're very, uh, it's very scary. I had a mom actually contact me very, uh, quite recently, a couple of months ago, um, telling me, I'm so glad I found you. Um, my eight-year-old girl is doing jumping jacks at night in her bedroom, and she's starting to restrict, and she's starting to control everything she eats. Oh and I wish I could say, this is, a very rare phenomena, but it's not. It's not. It's more and more and more and more common. And of course, I took them in. I, I actually have this very cool program um, for moms and, and daughters to work together because the, the, the apple doesn't fall very far from the tree. No little girl ever wakes up one day and decides, oh, I'm going to go and hate my body. There's no such thing. They learn it from 
someone. And as much as we'd like to think that, oh, it's the media, oh, it's social media, oh, it's, I'm, I beg to differ. Usually those are behaviors that they learn from women that are much, much, much closer to them. And I'm, I'm certainly not by any means trying to blame directly the mothers or the sisters or family members. But what I'm saying is the influence is usually a lot closer and real as opposed to something virtual, such as the, the, the social media. Social media does uh, impact and aggravate the issue, but it's, I yet have to see a young girl or a, a young adolescent, meaning in her preteen, you know, 11, 12, I've had, I've, had, I've had a few clients that young who didn't learn the, um, the negative body talk and the rituals and everything from either an older sister, as in, or um, friends in school or the mom. So yes, obviously the relationship that uh, other women in your circle have will greatly influence you. I speak from experience. My own mom, whom I adore, and I do not hold her responsible for my own eating disorder, um, didn't have the healthiest relationship with her own body. She wasn'tly talking about how fat she felt and that she wanted to go on a diet and this and this and that. And again, I do not hold her responsible, but um, it, it did play a role in the fact that I began developing an eating disorder at 14 years old. And it went mm -hmm. on for 18 years, which is a really long time. I wasn't able to really, um, really completely recover until uh, I reached my 30s. So um, to go back to the whole social media, it impacts greatly, greatly the behavior, but it's not it's not the it's not the culprit i can't i think it's a little too easy to say well it's instagram's fault or it's right. media's fault it's television it's movies um it's a little too dismissive in the sense when people say it's society i always say okay but you're part of society i'm part of society right. there's a point where we need to start collectively recognizing that we are playing a part in this so what are we going to do it's a little too easy to say oh it's social media as an adult you have the power to take the phone away or to say shut down your account because it's hurting you what are you waiting to do that why are you so afraid to claim your authority over your child when they are secretly starving themselves or hurting themselves i mean come on this is pretty serious mm -hmm. And when I'm dealing with uh, young adults, because I have a lot of millennials coming to me, a lot, a lot. I'm a millennial. Between, uh, <laughs> you are? Okay. I am. Well, I'm yeah. 45. So um, I'm getting more and more and more of them. And of course, uh, the first thing we say during the, the first thing they tell me during the first session is how much they feel influenced by social media. Um, and I have to establish if they need to go on a, full quote-unquote fast from social media for a period of time I've had a couple of clients that I I had to literally withdraw from social media or if we just need to um decide if maybe they're not following the right people that's um, so funny that you bring have a different strategy 
that you brought yeah. that up because I just, I mean, your episode's not going to come out for, I think, until like the first of the, the new year, 2019. But I put out like a little mindset tip shift on Fridays. And this Friday, I'm actually talking about doing, I do social media, quote, detoxes at least mm-hmm. once a month where like yeah. I log out of or I turn off the data for like all of my social media apps. Um, because I mean, it's not so much for like the body image thing, but it's like, I just feel this like bombardment sometimes of like, I get a lot of DMS. I get, you know, I get people who ask me a lot of questions and it's like, it's hard to not feel like those people are, are in the room or in your life. And don't take that as like, I don't want to get DMS or anything, but you have to sometimes check out of social media and just really ground yourself in what's actual reality. And I do that a lot. I'm really glad that you brought up the fact of like unfollowing people because I do that all the time. And it's like, it's, or sometimes I don't quote unfollow them. Like if I know them, but I don't like their content, I might just um, do it where you, uh, what is it called? Like you block them or mute, you mute them. I mute them. Mm -hmm. So I don't see their posts Mm -hmm. and I don't see their, in their stories. And it's like, then I'm actually, I know that when I'm looking at their content, it's like I actually had to search for their name and I'm making the conscious decision to do that. And then that's when I have that conversation with myself of like, is this healthy? Is this benefiting me? Am I going to grow from viewing this person's content? And if the answer is no, then I'm like, okay, then I don't need to do this. (laughs) Like, and if I do, then that's the self-sabotaging behavior. Um, so I really, I'm really happy to hear that that's something that you emphasize, um, especially with millennial women, um, because the Instagram models, I, I just, I'm like you, people realize that a lot of that is Photoshopped. A lot of that is plastic surgery. Um, I don't know if you know the brand Ari or Ari, A-E-R-I-E. So yes, they, have, they have, they yeah. have amazing campaigns with like now on their, even on their website, it's like real models and they don't Photoshop. And I was like, this is so important. I don't buy my stuff from Victoria's Secret anymore. I like literally just want to, I buy Ari stuff all the time because like I want to support that type of business. Um, because I think that it's so freaking important for women to see real women on the internet. (laughs) And there's so many of these you know, as a matter of fact, um, I, 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 it's, it's interesting you're saying that because recently I did a huge purge of the accounts that I'm following. Um, and, and I have the same mentality, meaning I only, I only follow accounts that serve me or serve my community in some way. Uh, and I'm huge on the whole engagement, meaning, uh, I will do, it has to be some kind of an exchange. It's what can I do for you? It's not so much about what can you do for me, but it's also, um, like I said, there has to be some growth coming out of it. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to go on your page and learn something, even if it's getting a good laugh out of watching your content. That's to me, that's growth. That's a win-win. There's a couple of um, absolutely hilarious women uh, that I'm following and that I make a point to go every day because, hey, I'm going to get a few giggles out of it and that's going to boost my mood. Um, but there's so many uh, of these brands right now that are changing their um, marketing strategy, marketing. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember if it's CVS or Walgreens. I don't know. I hope it's okay to um, quote brands on your podcast, but um, they've made a commitment to 
only uh, sell, what is it? I think they're only promoting brands that are not Photoshopping their models or something like that. I can't remember what it was, but they recently announced that they would no longer basically promote. Uh, they won't even carry in their stores cosmetic brands that Photoshop models. I was jumping for joy and more and more designers are now turning to models that have more realistic uh, um, proportions. We're still far from where it should be because I really right. don't think that every body types are being represented, which is why what recently Rihanna, Rihanna did with her Fenty Beauty and mm. Fenty X uh, line, my God, what a brilliant, brilliant thing to do because she had her first um, show with her Fenty X line of lingerie. And I saw, I don't know if you heard of it, but she had literally every possible body type, including a pregnant woman who ended up giving birth literally right after the, uh, the fashion show um, oh presented during her show. It was amazing. And you had large women, tall women, short women, black women, white women, every kind of women possible was represented. Uh, and I think the one who was really a huge pioneer of that was French designer Jean-Paul Gaultier, who years ago introduced uh, one of his um, top models, and by top I mean most popular, and it was a woman in her 70s. Um, and she kept on modeling for him for many, many years. So we really, really need to push for this. I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but there I, older women, like older women who like truly love themselves and like you can tell, I think this is something that just yeah. comes with age. Yeah. They literally, oh, yeah. Gl they glow. Like th I think that they're absolutely beautiful. Like I, I think it's beautiful. Like when I see women who just completely own themselves and I think, like I said, I think that that just comes with age and maturity and like life and all of those things that like older women who don't do a lot of Botox, don't do anything with their face. I mean, get Botox if you want. I'm not judging. I might get Botox one day. I don't know. Um, but I think when I see women like that, it's like, there's just something so radiant about them. And then I'm like, oh, I hope when I always say that I'm like, I hope when I am her age that I look that good, that I feel that good. Um, because I really oh. think that that's like a lost like, yeah, for sure. opinion. But, but what I would, I, I just remembered what I was going to tell you, and it's actually related to what you just said, is when you get the facts as opposed to uh, listening to everybody else's opinions on, on social media, or I always say, Google is, doesn't have a PhD, okay? So you really want to go and make sure that you get accurate facts because this is when you realize um, that contrary to what we think, um, first of all, women do not strive for certain standards of beauty or perfection in order to get men's attention. This is a huge misconception huge misconception mm. where we tend to think, well, what do they do it? Because they're, they're trying to get men's attention. No, there's a certain sense of competition that's been installed in women for as long as I can even remember. 
Um, but when you start actually asking men what they think of all the, the crazy things that women do in order to look better or even perfect, they're kind of at a loss because they don't they're know. not even really into. Yeah, they, they don't. One, they don't know all of it. <laughs> like, Two, guys don't even know like, when you get a haircut. <laughs> well, well, okay, you meant it that way, but I think when they start really realizing everything we put ourselves through, they're kind of horrified and they kind of don't really get why we feel that we need to do all this because those are not even the things that men are into. So yeah. don't, don't be mistaken. Women do not do it for men's attention. It has to do with a sense of competition between women um, that we are almost conditioned to take part in at a very early age. And that is also something that I really, 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 really fight against. Trying to teach the younger girl, you do not have to compete with other women. You don't. Everybody has their own kind of beauty. Everybody has their place. Everybody brings something to the table. Everybody is interesting. And I try, like I, I, I have, unfortunately, I don't have children of my own, but I have a lot of women around me who have young uh, daughters. And um, I always have this conversation saying, you know, try every single day to say something nice to another girl and see how far that goes. And I'm also watching women um, trying this, this sense of, there's a huge awareness uh, and there's a huge shift if you pay attention of women starting to get tired of all the, the, the cattiness and everybody tearing um, one another apart and saying, this needs to change, especially with everything that's happening with women right now in, in today's world. Um, and that's, that's really, really important because comparison is really, really the root of all the um, body image issues that we're having today and all the, um, you know, the food issues and everything. That's honestly where it's coming from. The fact that we spend most of our days comparing ourselves to everybody else, to every other, every other woman. Uh, when, just like you said earlier, it makes no sense because the physical assets that you have are pretty much genetic it's not something that you worked for. It's something that you were born with. So it, it really makes no sense um, to spend her, her days saying, well, why does she have that? And I don't. Well, she does because she does. And you don't because you don't, but you have something else that she doesn't have, you know? And we're the only species on earth that does that because I, I, I observe my dogs all day go about their day completely happy and not worrying for a second about the other dog at the park that has a better tail or a better right. pair of ears. They're just happy to be dogs and sniff each other's butts and, and play. So this whole thing really makes no sense. Yeah. And there's in the this, work. There's a uh -huh. scene in um, the movie Eat, Pray, Love, which is a book by Elizabeth mm. Gilbert. Right. Um, that talking about like women and like men and kind of tying back to that and like guys don't really understand it. So um, Elizabeth Gilbert's character who's played by Julia Roberts, who I absolutely adore. Um, they're eating, she's eating, she goes to Napoli and they're eating pizza and like Julia Roberts character is just like going mm. at it with the pizza. Mm. And then her girlfriend sitting yep. across from her yep. is like taking these tiny little bites and Julia Roberts goes yep. like, what's the problem? And she goes, our friend goes, I'm getting 
I'm getting like a muffin top because I've been eating so much. And I guess she was like seeing a guy at the time. And Julia Roberts' character like goes like, "Has a have you ever like stood in front of a man naked and him say like, say something no. to you or not Thanks. want, yeah, or like not want to have sex right. with you?" And um, she was like, "No," and she goes, "Exactly." She's like, "The man like he's just lucky to be in a room with a woman who's naked and is like willing to sleep with him." So like he doesn't care about like your stretch marks or like a little role that you have or like whatever the insecurity is. And she goes. Oh. <laughs> we're going to like sit down. We're going to enjoy this pizza. Right. And then tomorrow we're going right. to go and buy a bigger pair of jeans. And like, that's just what it's going to be. And I was like, exactly. That's so, <laughs> like, I feel like you every know, girl needs to see that scene in that movie. <laughs> it's so true. I have a friend who had an, has an even funnier version of that recently. He had me laughing so hard. He's like, there's apparently a show on TV called my 600 pound life. Oh, which I, I don't know anything it. about because <laughs> I, I don't it. have cables. So I wasn't aware of that, but he, we were together having lunch. This guy friend of mine joined us and, and of, of course my girlfriend is like, Oh no, 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 no. I'm not having dessert. Was, have you noticed how every woman on my sick life has a, a husband, boyfriend? So go yes. ahead and have dessert. <laughs> yes. No, I think and I, thought, I saw a tweet about that. They're like, someone, someone tw- uh, tweeted this, like uh, literally this almost the same okay. that was like, so you maybe, know, <laughs> maybe he was quoting that. Maybe he was a damn cheeseburger that. if you is, want I it. This was hilarious. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. But, so just to wrap, wrap this up. Um, so we've talked a lot about just so many different topics, but mm-hmm. if someone's listening right now, and I think this all boils down to having a deep sense of self-love and self-appreciation yeah. and self-adequacy, what would be yeah. a few things, like if someone's looking to cultivate a practice to really love themselves, what would you recommend? Okay. So the the first thing that is extremely important, you just said um, the keyword, self-acceptance. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how much time I have, so let me know. Um, there's a, we need to, first of all, uh, define what self-acceptance means. Because a lot of the, the, the women that come to me uh, have, let's call it what it is, have, have abused their bodies, okay, mm-hmm. through dieting. Um, and restriction and gaining the weight back and dieting again and gaining the weight back. And understandably, by the time they make the decision to change the strategy and say, okay, this is not working for me. Obviously, this is not working for me. Let me go and, um, and, 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 and get a coach. I understand that they, are, they have reached a point where they are clearly overweight not always, but most of the time they are overweight. And for me to tell them, you must fully and completely accept yourself exactly who you are right now is not realistic. I get that. And I have a lot of my clients saying, how do you expect me to accept myself looking the way I do right now? It's impossible. Oh, I get that. Heart. I get that. I've had a lot of my clients say, you don't understand. After my second kid, I kept on putting more and more and more and more weight and I lose it and I get it back and I lose it and I get it back. And now you're telling me that I have to accept my, they get mad at me. I've had women scream in my face 
and and I'm 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 I I'm I guess I would be considered thin by society, um, but they don't know that I have gone through the exact same. Um, you know, cycle of gaining and losing and gaining and losing and gaining and losing for 18 years. I have gone as low as 102 pounds and I'm 5'7". Okay. Which, yes, it was bad. And I was a bulimic and a binge eater. Okay. I was never an anorexic and I have gone as high as I think uh, about 150, which is a 40 pound difference over and over and over again. So can you imagine what that does to your body over time? Plus all the health issues that I ended up having. I, I ended up having my gallbladder taken out. I, I had PCOS, I had major dental problems. I had severe depression. I was suicidal at one point. I get it, I get it. You, you, you're exhausted at one point exhausted. And I I made the decision to eventually go to a professional when I I had no choice but to admit that I just couldn't handle this on my own, that dieting was not going to fix the problem. I thought so. I I thought that it was just a matter of finding the right diet. I was so stubborn about it. You don't understand, Brie. For 18 years, I kept fighting everybody my friends, everybody saying, no, I just have to find the right diet. I really thought in my mind that if only I could lose the weight, I would end up accepting myself and being happy. But obviously I I was lying to myself because I lost more weight than I needed to. And I still wasn't happy. I was still miserable. I was still obsessed. My whole day revolved around food and dieting and my body and picking at myself and, and it was it was hell on wheels literally that's all I would think about all day long and you have no idea the things that I missed out on I I I missed out on so many things in life because of this damn thing so when they came to when they come to me after I don't know how many years and I have men coming to me too by the way of putting themselves through this. I get it. Of course I understand that if you're over 200 pounds or sometimes even more, of course you can't accept yourself looking this way. What I mean by you need to accept yourself is you need to accept your circumstances, your current circumstances. You need to accept that this is where you are right now. Mm -hmm. You need to stop living your life constantly waiting to cross that finish line this whole mentality of i will love myself when Mm -mm. i finally lose the weight that needs to stop that needs to stop yeah you need to also make peace with the fact that you, you this happened that you clearly put yourself through a lot and it got you to where you are stop thinking in terms of I'm such a failure. I'm such an idiot and look at where I am and look at what I did. This needs to stop. As a matter of fact, what you need to understand is that um, most likely, like a lot of people, you're a victim of marketing 
okay? And the diet industry, which is a $63 billion industry with a very, very, very well-oiled marketing strategy behind it with complete disregard for your health, do not mistake the The industry does not give a damn about your health. They want your money and they know exactly what to say for you to believe that their diet is the best one and that they're going to get you to lose the weight forever when they know very well that it's untrue. And I know that because I have actually confronted some of these companies personally and they have admitted on paper, I have emails where they tell me, no, we do not know if our uh, uh, diets work in the long in the long term, but we do not care. Mm. Okay, I have made them admit that on paper. It's not their primary concern. Well, what like that's like Skin's diet. Like that, the guy who created Skin's diet, he died. He died of obesity. Well, he died of a heart attack. I mean, it's not fun. Not laughing because he died. I'm laughing. It's just like the irony of the situation. To name them, I don't have a problem naming them. Is not now has a free membership for minors. Okay, for people under 18 years old. Oh my god, that's freaking criminal to me. You know why they do that? Because they know perfectly that they're going to make you lose the weight. You're going to gain it back and lose it again and gaining back. Yeah, so they're going to become lifetime customers. Correct. Except that once they turn 18, you have to pay. And now you ha- they have your money forever. Marketers are very smart because they're, they, they're picking up uh, to the fact that the public is getting more educated and that the public now understands that diets do not work. Listen, I don't care which diet you're on. I've been on all of them. I've been on more than 20 diets in my life, which is a lot because the average woman will be on about seven diets in her lifetime. Oh my gosh. And marketers now understand that, oh crap, they're getting it. It doesn't work. So you know what they're doing? They're not calling it a diet anymore. They're calling it a lifestyle. Because if you put the word diet and i have i have studies to prove what i'm saying that they have actually gotten together and decided okay we need to change the wording there's something called mind confusion why is it that for every statement there's a counter statement you go online and there's going to be 10 guys who will tell you fat is horrible for you and then there's going to be 10 other people who will tell you no 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 carbs are horrible for you well, that's like the coconut oil thing that happened. The Absolutely. Said like, oh, Absolutely. coconut oil is bad for you. Oh, but no, it's good for yeah. you. It's one of the healthiest no, no, no. fats. And of people course. are like, so what do I do? Do I not or do I eat coconut oil? Well, that, that, that it's done on purpose. It's right. done on purpose. It's mind confusion. It's done so that it, it creates a sense of confusion and people will essentially give up their uh, power of decision. They'll feel like, well, I don't know what to do because on one hand, they're telling me to do this, but then on the other hand, they're telling me to do that to the extent that they feel like they can't make decisions on their own when it comes to dieting. They're going to try so many diets, one after the other. They'll lose weight initially, of course, but then they gain it back to the point that they are convinced that they are the problem, the failure. They don't know how to do it on their own. And they give up their power entirely to the diet industry. And now they have some diet guru who's telling them, wait, 
I have the solution. I have the better diet. I can prove you that every new diet that comes out every year is just the diet from last year refurbished a little bit. They put pseudoscience oh. and pseudobabble like, okay, you want to know something even funnier? Okay. Oh my God, I got to email that to you. When I was doing my research, I was able to prove that in the United States of America, when they promote a diet and you're going to tell me, yeah, that's true. They always put on the picture some fake doctor who, interestingly enough, is always from Switzerland or France. Am I right? Yes. I don't, I don't know. I told you this. I like, I'm one of the well, oddballs. I've never been on a diet before. The women who are going to listen to, to, to me are going to say, oh, that's right. It's always a diet that's been designed by a doctor from France or Switzerland or somewhere in Europe. Okay. Because it makes it fancy and chic, and chic and believable. Well, guess what? In Europe, we have the opposite effect. It's always a diet that's been designed in the United States of Canada. Now, interestingly enough, the picture of the guy, they have about 10 or 15 different guys in a doctor's uh, coat that they circle around and it's the same picture. Now, my husband happens to be a graphic designer, so he has access to image banks. So what that means is that I can give him a picture and say, can you check if that picture is from an image bank? About 80% 80 of them are. It's a fake picture. It's a fake doctor. When they quote Dr. So-and-so-and-so created that that diet, right? I'm I'm someone who will question the crap out of everything. I Google these people. They don't exist. These doctors do not exist. They don't have PhDs. They don't have published papers. I even found an instance of a doctor um, who had his identity stolen because they were quoting a doctor who had died about 25 years prior to that diet uh, being put on the market. Oh my gosh. They're wow. shameless. They're so, shameless. So I, where can people find your links, your social media links? What's your website? Okay. So I'm very easy to find. Uh, my name is Delphine Pena with the Enya. So I'm, I'm sure um, I'm going to put all of the podcast, links there's gonna be, in the perfect. description there's below. Gonna be a link. <laughs> I'm very visible. I'm very visible on Facebook. I have a public and a business page. My business page is accessible from my public page, but it's Delphine Pena coaching. Uh, I post quite a bit of video where I discuss all of these uh, different issues where basically what I'm doing is I'm, I'm, I'm giving a very, very different take on nutrition and all the myths around nutrition and all the myths around dieting and all the, I'm breaking all of these myths. Um, and I sometimes get a little bit of heat for it, but mostly I get a lot of people that are saying, oh, wow, I never thought of it, but that makes a lot of sense. Uh, I'm very, very generous in the sense that I give a lot of free stuff free trainings all the time. If, um, yeah, I believe in that. I believe in the, listen, it's nine women out of 10. We talked about it earlier. It's a lot of people who need help. Okay. There's plenty of people for me to do great business that I don't need to be constantly trying to scam people out of something. Um, I regularly announce on my page, uh, that I'm going to be doing a free training on, on, how to stop cravings, um, how to quiet your inner critic, 
um, things like that. And those are, by the way, um, trainings that I put together. They work. How do I know they work? Because I use them for my and I always say I would have hated to have myself as a client because I was a very, very, very difficult case. So if they work for me, I'm pretty sure they're going to work for, for everyone. And That's I use them with my clients and they work, they, they work for them too. Um, these are actually uh, parts of my signature program that I use for my one-on-one um, coaching. I take little bits and pieces of my one-on-one signature program and I put it on my um, social media for free very regularly. From then, if people decide that they want to get deeper and they want to contact me, there are links on all of my social media pages to my um, website, DelphinePena.com, where they can learn more about my background, my actual training, my credentials, and my programs. I have, like I said, a one-on-one program where uh, women will learn um, how I can help them break completely free from the diet mentality, learn how to make peace with their body, make peace with food, and still reach their weight goals, by the way. There's nothing wrong with saying, but I still want to lose the weight. No problem. I'll help you do that. I have a background uh, as a personal trainer and nutrition counselor. You will, if that's what you want. By the way, you will lose the weight, guaranteed, because if you stop binging, logically you will lose the weight except that you'll do it as a much sustainable way uh at your own rate because your body will do it in a much more natural way and the good news is you're going to do it without dieting and you're going to lose weight for the last time in your life because what we're doing is we're not dieting we're making peace with food in your body right so that is essentially what my, pro- my program is about i have an online class if people prefer doing that in a group setting. And I am, over the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be recording uh, some very, very cool um, short little trainings, super affordable, ranging from 47 to 97 bucks, uh, so that people can download them either for themselves or to buy them as a gift. I think getting something um, to help people conquer cravings or anxiety is a lot better than giving them a stupid gift card that's my opinion yes well thank you so much for being a guest so happy that we had this conversation thank you for having me